Good evening to you again, and thank you for being with us tonight. You're singing your prayers, your earnest hearts laid out before the Lord are precious in His sight, and they're an encouragement to each other. So thank you. Thank you for this pleasant joy uh, of getting to do this with you. Our meditation tonight, we're looking particularly at the passage that Michelle just read for you, so if you would, it might be easier if you actually have that text open, because I'm going to keep referring to it over and over again, as you might imagine. And I want to call attention to two different trumpet sounds, two different trumpet sounds or calls that you see. The first one's in verse 1, and the second one's in verse 15. Now, a trumpet isn't something that we hear every day. We don't see them nearly as often as a time before. You might see them in a marching band or in an orchestra. But there was a time when the sound of a trumpet in a city or on a battlefield was not only music, but it was a call. It was a message, a message of urgency, communicating something desperately important (coughs) to the people. Recently, I found out that at one time, the British Army had 32 different trumpet calls. Each one meant something distinct and and different from its time to get up to its time to go to bed, from its time to assemble to its time to attack. All of those things were urgent messages that were given. And the integrity of the people often relied on their ability to hear it, to discern it well, and to respond to its call. And in this message, that's what we're hearing about. We're hearing... Two different trumpet calls with two different messages. Each one bear weight on what we're up to tonight on Ash Wednesday. The first one you see in verse 1, and it's a call to alarm. It's a call to alarm. It says, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants tremble. There's an imminent threat to God's people. And when they look at this threat, they are realizing their need because they are looking at something that's much more powerful than they are. A great and powerful people. Their like has never been before, nor will be again after them through the years of all generations. Where is this powerful people, this army coming from? Well, the passage tells us that this danger is coming from God himself. That the day of the Lord is coming, indeed it is near. And in order to understand what's going on in this passage, it's important that we understand who Joel is. Joel is a prophet who was sent by God to speak to his people and to raise an alarm and to tell them some things that wouldn't have been easy for them to hear. That they haven't lived up to the family name. That they haven't lived as God would call them to live and they haven't loved as God has called them to love. And so there's a weight. And while the patient, while while God has been patient for a time, there is coming a day when his judgment is coming against them. That's what it means. The day of the Lord is coming. So there's a weight behind this call to alarm. Can you feel that weight? So one of the things that we're doing here when we gather tonight on Ash Wednesday is we are listening to that alarm, and we are feeling the weight of it. And we do this not just by thinking honestly about the ways that we too deserve God's judgment, the ways that we have failed to live up to the family name as his people, 
but we confess it to God and to each other. And we don't know in particular what much of what sins in particular Joel was uh, prophesying to them about. But we do know that when it comes to sin, there really is nothing new under the sun. But there's no sin that lurks in our hearts that God has not seen before. But no matter how common our sin might be, the truth that the Bible tells us is that the weight of our sin deserves God's judgment. And we have to take it seriously. If we're to take God seriously. But the good news is that God does not make us wait long before a second trumpet sounds. And in fact, I think it speaks to the character of who God is. That he issues a call to return Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So Joel sends out this trumpet call and he says, everyone come from the nursing babies all the way to the elders of the community. Consecrate all the people. And there's urgency behind this text. He says, if you're getting married, put it on hold because nothing's more important than responding to this call that God issues to return. And as we return, what do we bring? Well, God tells us that what's most important to him is the heart that we lay out before him. He says, come to me with all your heart, he says. That is speaking of an undivided heart. One, one of undivided devotion to him. Listen, if you're ever wondering what God is after when it comes to you, he is after your heart. Which is why he tells you to rend your hearts. What did we read earlier? A broken heart God will not despise. That he loves the whole heart and God loves the, the broken heart given to him, entrusted to him. This is vulnerable work that we're about here tonight. And that's what repentance is. It is the vulnerable entrusting of our hearts, whole hearts and broken hearts to another. And that's why it's important that we think well about who it is that we're coming to. Listen, God is so careful with us. He is so careful to make sure that we know who he is, what his heart looks like as we bring our hearts to him. Verse 13, this is a picture of God's heart for his people. He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. That is who we come to when we confess our sin. One who is eager to give grace and one whose love is constant. You know where else you see these words? You see them in Exodus 34. Shortly after God's people turned their hearts away from him to worship a golden calf, the Lord appeared on a mountain in a cloud of deep darkness And the words he said were, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger 
and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Listen, I don't know what you bring with you when you come into this place tonight, but we all bring something. And I don't know what sin lurks beneath the shadow of your eyes. We all have that shadow. But when we rub ashes on your foreheads, we are all declaring together with humility that we stand as God's people in great need. But we are also making the shape of a cross. And so what I want you to remember is that a great victory has already been won over every sin you might confess tonight. That he looks at you with mercy and love. And just as we are marked with ash and dust tonight, we are also marked by the love of Christ that will never run out. His grace and mercy are yours forever in this life and in the next. How do I know this? Because when we come to this passage in Joel, we are coming to a story of God's redemption in the world that is still being written. That he asks a haunting question, doesn't he? In verse 14. It's a little jarring. Freaked me out when I looked at it. He said, who knows? Who knows? Who knows whether he might turn and relent? I'll tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know. And when Jesus rises from the dead, a great holiday that we're going to celebrate in 40 days, God is announcing to the world that a great victory has been won over sin and that it has no power over you anymore. The day of the Lord becomes the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for us that day, instead of being something that we fear, it's actually something that we anticipate. Instead of receiving judgment, we receive mercy. Instead of guilt, what we receive is glory. That's the day when he looks at us and wipes our faces clean. And he looks deep into our eyes and he says words we long to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your king. If Ash Wednesday is a time when we remember our need for a savior, it is also a time that points forward to Easter that reminds us that we have one. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. O you who saves, O you who sacrifices for our sake, O you whose love never runs out, help us now to lean in with courage, to remember the grace that never ends, that covers even our deepest sins. Help us to come to you as you call us with great courage and with great confidence that you do relent and you do restore. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.